Welcome back to Beyond Well. I'm Sheila Hamilton, and this is a program for people who want to learn more about our interior lives. And these days, it seems like we are bombarded with the lives of strivers, those people whose carved bodies and perfect homes and careers just seem to define the limits of perfectionism. But in psychological terms, this kind of striving for flawlessness and perfection is also usually accompanied by scathing critical self-evaluation and a lot of concern regarding how other people view us. So how do we work with our perfectionistic tendencies? We're here with Dr. James Polo to talk about this topic. Dr. Polo, it is so good to see you. Always a pleasure to see you. I'm seeing more perfectionists, I think, than I've ever seen in my life because of social media. Are you having that same experience? Uh, yes, I am. And I mm -hmm. think the other thing that's coming along with this is perfectionism in the workplace as we adapt to a new kind of workplace, and particularly as folks start going back to the actual work environment coming out of the pandemic. So there's there's a lot going on in, in, in terms of how people approach their self-performance. So yeah, I, I'm seeing it everywhere. So let's just begin with how you define perfectionism. So first of all, perfectionism is not a, a formal diagnosis by any means. But in general, perfectionism, uh, personality traits that individuals have where they really strive for flawlessness, mm -hmm. they want to be exacting, they want to be perfect, okay? Mm -hmm. And the challenge, as you already mentioned, is that usually what comes along with that is a very critical self-appraisal. They look at themselves very hard, but they also get overly worried and concerned in terms of how other people appraise them or how other people evaluate them. And so there's a number of characteristics that usually are present in a variety of degrees. And we could go over some of those because they're, they, I would love they really to. paint a picture of what the person looks like. Sure, let's do it. So perfectionists are generally tend to be people that are, first of all, ambitious and driven. Okay, And it doesn't necessarily have to be ambitious or driven in a, in a work way, but they're ambitious and driven on something. They like very clear organization, lots of structure, lots of rules, because they tend to be people that are black and white. There are exact ways to do things just right, and mm. then there's everything else. So they tend to be rigid. They generally set high expectations for themselves, and those high expectations are sometimes unrealistic. They also tend to have an exaggerated fear of failure. In fact, little mistakes sometimes represent all by themselves failure. And so consequently, these are individuals that although they sometimes come across as ambitious and confident, they tend to harbor a lot of inner self-doubt and a lot of insecurity. And that mm -hmm. insecurity is oftentimes then highly tied to them feeling like they need to be perfect to be successful. Anything less means they're just not successful. These are the type of individuals that sometimes will put twice the amount of effort that other people will put in to get something done. And they tend to really over-prepare sometimes and over-plan because they really want things to be just exactly right. Mm -hmm. So consequently, they're spending all kinds of time, effort, not only thinking about being perfect, but all kinds of little things that's eating up time to actually then be perfect. These are by no means present in all people, but these are kind of the key things that these folks will, will have in their framework in terms of how they approach life. It's fascinating because on many of those points, I can see how those traits would serve people, especially in the workforce. You know, I'm sure your boss loves someone who puts in twice the amount of work. So when do these traits start becoming a problem? 
So that's a super question. Um, first of all, these traits start becoming a problem when they really begin to impact on your sense of esteem and who you are, which sometimes can be that hidden behavioral health impact. Because to some degree, perfectionism can actually lead to anxiety, it can lead to depression, it can, it can also lead to unreasonable expectations of yourself. And so over time, the long-term effects can be pretty significant. Folks that have a lot of perfectionism over time, particularly if it gives them early success, they become very inflexible. They have trouble adapting to change. They have difficulty with unforeseen circumstances because that's not how they live their life. They live their life in a very exacting manner because typically perfectionists feel like they can control everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They can't. So is there a tie, Dr. Polo, between perfectionism and obsessive compulsive disorder? Yes, there is a tie. And that's really getting into the types of perfectionism that we see. And broadly, there are really three types. Okay. okay. There are perfectionism that's self-focused. Hey, my perfectionism is all about me. There is perfectionism that's socially prescribed. Hey, this is what I need to be because this is what's expected. Okay, a typical example of socially prescribed are people that want to be the perfect parents because right. they're worried about what other people think. A self approach might be body image. Hey, I have this idea of what the perfect body looks like, and I have to have that body because without that body, I'm not perfect. And if I'm not perfect, I'm a failure. And then finally, there's the other oriented approach. And these are people that they project expectations of others to be perfect. Mm. They come across as being harsh and judgmental. And what's rooted in that is they themselves harbor these ideas of everything needing to be just right, and they project it onto other people. So those are the three basic frameworks. You know, I can imagine that being in relationship with a perfectionist is really hard because, uh, and I have seen this in my own life where I like to clean the kitchen one way, I like to cook a certain way, and my partner wants to do it a completely different way. And he's pretty convinced that the way that he does it, or shall I say did it, <laughs> we're no longer together, partly that reason, but he was convinced his way was right. Yes. And that's that was one of the interesting things about living with a perfectionist is that it's not only that they demand this of themselves, they demand it of the people that they're with. Yes. And one of the things that's important to remember is that some folks are perfectionist in everything that they do. Some folks harbor those traits in just certain things, like, you know, typical individual that's a perfectionism when it comes to athleticism. They are very rigid about their workouts. They want everything to be just right. They have to be the fastest or the longest, or they have to be able to go the highest or whatever, because that's their, that's their image of perfection. And yet at their home, they may live in a sloppy mess because they no longer have those traits for that activity. Wow. So one of the things to keep in mind is that people can be perfectionists in just isolated parts of mm. their life, and, and they generally tend to be less bothered than folks that are perfectionists in all parts of their life. That's where it becomes very challenging. And then the thing that you just said, which which is common, is very often folks that are perfectionists, they have trouble in relationships. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. your standards of what you think should or shouldn't be do, done, both for yourself and for others, is frequently not going to be the same that it is for people that want to be in a relationship with you. So how do you, when a client comes in and says, my wife says she's going to divorce me, that I'm so rigid, that I'm always demanding things of her, how do you work with someone's perfectionistic 
traits? First of all, um, it's important to do a good, solid background history, background review, because sometimes you can pull out some things that might have been partly causal to why folks are this way. And the reason why that becomes important is because generally folks that really are having significant difficulties are going to need some form of psychotherapy. And part mm-hmm. of that psychotherapy is kind of understanding, well, what's behind this and how did I get here? Overbearing parents can unfortunately sometimes be one of the root causes of why people become perfectionists. And it can be parents that did that with no malice intent. Hey, parents that are very demanding of their kids, they want their kids to be successful, they're constantly correcting them, or they're constantly making comments that come across judgmental, and it creates in the child potentially a need to want to get that approval, which comes out in trying to be perfect in everything. And I've seen many kids, for example, that are stars. One one patient many years ago, absolute superb national level ice skater, and she hated ice skating. And the reason why she was so good was because it really was her mother's dream. And so she was a perfectionist when it came to ice skating because she was constantly seeking approval from her mother, even though she hated ice skating. And she was very, very good. (laughs) (laughs) So it wasn't very functional for her. She wasn't very, very perfectionistic in any other part of her life. And I think part of that is because that's the only thing that seemed to drive the mother. So overbearing parents can sometimes indirectly influence a child to move in that direction. Trauma can cause this. Emotional deprivation can cause perfectionism. And then there's a degree, and these are looser terms that I'm going to use here, but there's a degree of neuroticism that sometimes people have in terms of wanting to be perfectionistic. In other words, it's a part of their character that's a little off, or they're just overly conscientious that's out of proportion relative to performance and self-assessment and so forth. When I have an individual that comes in that's displaying these traits and clearly it's affecting their life, I try to first of all identify, are there some clear root causes that could be part of this? How did those impact the individual over the lifetime to where they are today? And then it's about bringing it to life. What are the things that you are doing? What are they causing in your life? How are they making life more difficult for you? And you have to kind of help that individual begin to explore and understand that because you can't change it until you understand it. I'm wondering for middle-aged people who come to you to work with perfectionism, are you able to actually get them to establish new habits, new ways of thinking around destructive perfectionistic tendencies? Yes. Now, I wouldn't say that you're going to take somebody that's a perfectionist and all of a sudden make them be, you know, 100% easy going. But you can help people to bring their lives back into a little bit more balance so that number one, first of all, they won't be so rigid. They won't have such a self-negative opinion and perhaps have an improvement of their self-esteem, but also less anxiety and not feel depressed. You Mm -hmm. highlighted, does obsessive compulsiveness come into play here? Sometimes people are so perfectionists that they have rituals that they have to do because they don't want to be making any mistakes. And that's what I meant earlier by sometimes this starts to take away from just your basic time, you know, with all these things that you have to do to be perfect. If you can change somebody's thinking, more than likely you can impact the behavior. So, you know, my approach with individuals is first of all, let's understand where this came from. Let's understand the impact it's having on your life. What's not making you happy? And what do we need to do to begin to change that? Maybe it's okay if you occasionally make a mistake. Right. Yeah. And, and we have to actually go through some pretty in-depth work to make an impact on some of those areas. I've been fascinated by reading about the increase in perfectionism among young adults 
who see this sort of scarcity landscape for jobs, for housing, for their futures. And so they're trending towards perfectionism as perhaps even like a competitive edge. Are you witnessing that as well with some of your younger clients? You know, I wouldn't say I'm seeing that in really young clients, but I am seeing that in adolescents and young adults. And part of the challenge here is social media plays a huge impact. People today uh, very often feel like they're living their lives in public. And because of that, they have an image or persona that they want to project, as well as an idea in their head of what's the right image or persona that they should be projecting. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of pressure. Back in the 70s and back in the 80s, it was all about looking beautiful. You know, we always had all these ads that showed, you know, young 25-year-olds in in wonderful shape, wearing just the right clothes with no blemishes on their skin. And that was kind of the perfection of the beautiful-looking body. But now it's gone way beyond just looks. It's everything in scope for other people to criticize and judge. And so I do think that that's having a huge impact on how people approach, you know, life in general. So Dr. Polo, what are some of the good questions to ask yourself, even if in yourself you notice some perfectionistic tendencies, especially with regards to your own self-esteem and how you value oneself? What are some of the things we should be thinking about? So first of all, it's important to recognize it's not like all of the traits that I mentioned are bad. I mean, it's actually good. To, to hold yourself accountable. It's actually good to try to do your best. It's actually positive to plan ahead. So it's not like those are bad things. It's when it's impacting your life in a negative way. And, and sometimes that's the part that's hard to get people to see. You know, practicing self-compassion, laughing at yourself that you made a mistake, being willing to make a mistake and, and not have it be the, the end-all be-all in terms of whether or not you, you, you succeeded lessening the time that you're ruminating in your head Mm. gives you time to do other things. So what I typically try to do with individuals is first focus on what are the actual traits or what are the actual personality characteristics that they have that, first of all, is creating stress, anxiety, or making them have doubt, and then really asking whether or not, you know, and exploring with the individual, well, is that really true? So for example, let's say I have somebody that wants to be the star athlete on a track team and they have to be the fastest. They get, they're out there practicing and they're, you know, following everything the coach tells them to do and presto, they're doing well because they're winning most of their races. And all of a sudden, you know, one year, another kid comes along that's uh, actually a little faster. And suddenly <laughs> now they're, they're only getting in second place and yeah. they see themselves as a failure. It's like, wait a second. How many kids are on the cross-country team again? Oh, there's there's 120. So you were always in first. Now you're in second, but you see yourself as a failure. If you're a failure, what about those other 90? Oh, interesting. You got to help put it back into perspective yeah. because what happens with perfectionists is they have some unrealistic kind of assessments of what good is and, and what failure is. Yeah. And you have to help bring that to life so that they can really begin to think differently about how they judge. And finally, Dr. Polo, if you are a manager who is working with a perfectionist that you can tell it's actually impacting either their home life or their ability to enjoy life, how do you work with them? What do you tell them about bringing that kind of trait to work? You know, I've seen people that really go overboard in the work environment to really perform. 
And you aren't going to get too many employers that tell people, hey, you don't have to be so good. <laughs> if you want to come an hour early and work twice as hard, I think most employers are going to be okay with that. Okay. Yeah. So, so, you know, it's important to recognize that sometimes people are pushing themselves in a perfectionistic manner at work, and it's actually rewarding to them because they're getting praise from other folks. And the fact that it's destroying their home life is not necessarily something that the employer is actually going to be aware of. And sometimes the employer may not really care because they're mm -hmm. getting the benefit of, of your perfectionist traits at work. I, I'm a firm believer that the best employers care about their employees across all of the domains of their life. So a good employer is going to care about you and the fact that you have a good relationship and the fact that your kids are taken care of and the fact that you're balancing your work time with your playtime. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're not holding an individual accountable to perform whatever the job is and to try to excel and, and learn. But the problem is people that are perfectionists at work, where it takes a toll on their private life, eventually that toll crosses over into their professional life. And eventually they're not able to really perform in a way that's useful because they're either difficult to talk to, difficult to work with, they're, they're not collaborative, they're, yeah. they're more focused on themselves than they are on others. So, so these don't tend to be good workers in the long run anyway. And it's really interesting how much sooner they get bitter just because they see themselves as doing so much more than anyone else, that when there is difficulty at work, they're really kind of angry at coworkers and others who they don't think are pulling their weight. I guess work is just like any other relationship, isn't it? You, you it have is. to let everybody bring their personal it styles and, to the work. you've heard that famous, that famous quote, hey, you're married to your job, which That's is kind exactly of a right. thing. That's your relationship. Anything um, else you want to add, Dr. Paul? This has been a great discussion. I think the important thing I would say is, you know, these days, it is important to make sure that what you're focusing on and what you're doing gives back somewhere. Mm. But you have to take yourself into consideration, too. I feel sorry for some people that are perfectionists because very often they're very successful already. They have a lot to offer and everybody else around them sees it except themselves. And by default, they become sometimes difficult to be around, difficult to work with. I really love the idea of approaching it from a, a point of just enjoying the process of being human. And part of that is just the brilliance of learning from our mistakes and of sometimes doing the unplanned and doing it messily and seeing that it just turned out just fine anyway. You know, it, it's largely creative to be human. Yes. And very often folks that are highly perfectionist, the reward they get from that is fleeting. It's mm -hmm. fleeting. It doesn't last over time because really the important things that are meaningful aren't around being perfect. I mm -hmm. don't know anybody that is a standout in any sport, activity, or work life or whatever where that's where they are their entire life stream. So you have to be able to kind of think about, well, what, what am I really after in, in my life? Is it really perfection success or is it really to make a difference and be part of something? I love it. Dr. Polo, thanks again. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you, Sheila.